Welcome to a jazz, jazz influenced, jazz infused episode of New Zealand Entertainment Podcast with myself, Walt. Oh, you didn't introduce me, Walt. Hey, it's Jared here again. Good to be with you, Walt. Um, nice to see you. And you're wearing a cheese cutter today. Cheese cutter hat, that is. It is. I don't want, don't want to put you off your jazz vibe, jazz zone, man. I'm going to kill this thing. I mean, literally. All right, there we go. Yes, and we're back into it. Now, Jared, on today's show, please, who have we got? Well, to my left here, we've got uh, Peter Tate, filmmaker, extraordinary producer, caregiver, caregiver, musician, come what may, and he's and he's um, last year made a very very cool film, which which uh, which I was lucky enough to have a little wee role in. Um, nepotism of the highest <laughs> order. Well, nepotism without the nepotism, <laughs> um, not set in stone, and, and hopefully Peter will tell us a bit about that film and, awesome. and some of the other things. He's Look forward about. to it. And uh, on our right of him, on his left and my right, is Sebastian Mackay. Is that right, Sebastian? That's right. Yep. That's Sebastian right. Mackay from Piha, who's caught the bus uh, caught the, the bus and the train to get here. Uh, he's a uh, shameless music promoter, promoting local music. Uh, he's got a gig coming out. Thank you, Jared. Nice poster. And we're going to be talking to him about music and heavy metal. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was just going to do a little pimp here for uh, Sebastian's posters. Got This is one of the first ones off, off the press, is that right? It was the first, one of the first to be given out. It is. Yeah. It's, it's the first off the press. I just got them printed before I came here. Oh, I, can smell really the, I can smell the grease and the paint. The music is dead and there's a big lineup here for the 15th of Jan, 2015. Excellent. Yeah. We're going to get into that. We're going to get some wigs. Well, we're in a couple of wigs and go Slash and Axel or something for that gig. Now, speaking about movies, we're going to do a little movie review ourselves, aren't we? The three-minute, was it? Hold or yeah, fold them? Yeah. yeah, yeah. we're going to come back to uh, Peter and back to Sebastian soon, have a talk to them about their lives, what they're doing. But first off, Hold or Fold, a three-minute, uh, what was it, movie, film? Film review. Oh, we're going to talk about this, uh, well, you're here anyway. Here we go. What we did on our holidays with Billy Connolly, uh, David Tennant, and Rosamund Pike. After that, we're back with Peter and Seb. Okay, this is Wal and Jared. We're back again with another hold or fold move, three minute movie review. We've got three minutes to get this uh, turn this mother out. I'm going to set the timer now, and uh, officially we are starting from now. The movie today that we're reviewing is called What We Did on Our Holiday. Jared, pray tell, divulge. Um, yeah, we're we're swimming with the Brits again. This is another English comedy, and it's definitely a comedy. Uh, you'd have to say it's a black comedy. Black comedy with a bit of drama because, mixed in there. Because, um, you know, pray tell without spoiling the alerts or, alert, uh, you know. Big spoilers. Big spoilers. Um, there is a fatality in the movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> disclaimer, disclaimer. Spoiler alert. Um, but it is funny. It's got these little, what, three kids? Three little uh, rug rats, and they're like that small. Rats. It's got Doctor Who in there, and they're daring David Tennant, Doctor uh, David Tennant, the former Doctor Who, of course. An attractive um, Rosamund P- uh, Pike. Yeah. This is why. Oh, very attractive, wasn't she? Yeah. And 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 who would have had marital uh, marital problems with uh, with a partner like her? I yeah. would say. Yeah, and we get to check her out a few times in the movie, of course, which is for all those people that. So a nice little little family here. They're about to go to Scotland to celebrate uh, David Tennant's uh, dad's seventy fifth birthday, played by Billy Connolly. Billy Connolly. Actually, to be honest with you, Walt, this is the best acting work I've ever seen. Period. From Billy Connolly. That's a funny. It's a, it's funny, but it's true. It's real. There's some really nice moments with Billy Connolly, which I have 
never really seen before until this movie. Now, things unravel when the family, well, they're having marital problems, the mum and dad, and they're actually fighting on the side of the motorway, which is kind of a normal occurrence on the Auckland side of the motorway. Um, but they get, they finally get to Scotland, and there's a, the brother is played by the comedian Ben Miller, who's hilarious, as dry as... Ben Miller, ben Miller he, you, you might know him from the show, the TV show he hosts, uh, Truth or Lies or whatever it's called, the British guy. He is, he is really funny. He's a very king of funny, dry humour. He also does a very good um, impression of various actors. He's quite funny, very funny. What I liked about this movie, uh, Jared, and I hope you agree with me, is that I just thought it was endearing. It was warm. It was funny, but I wasn't totally, you know, I had no expectations, but I ended up coming away from the movie quite uh, lifted up. Yeah, definitely a good feel-good by the seaside. It's a see-you-later kind of movie. All the family gets in there. The kids are delightful. A little, to be honest, they're a little annoying, kind of cutesy American annoying with the little jokes and all that, and they thrash the daylights out of the kids. This, 46. This film is um, loaded up with, with children jokes. Um, First half of the movie for me, have my attention. The second half, not so much. I found the, the, the ending a bit syrupy and a bit sugary, a sugary light. Uh, uh, and, and it went Hollywood. Halfway through, uh, exit Billy Connolly movie went downhill without, you know, <laughs> don't worry about that. Um, but then it turned all mushy-gushy, a bit Hollywood for me, and it tipped the scale. Up until then, perfect. Still a okay. good watch. Hold or fold, mate. Is that five seconds we're going out like this? This movie will just hold, I give it, uh, for me, it's a three out of five. Yep, I'm just out of hold. I'm just holding on to that one as well. And that is us, Walt and Jared, and we're the hold or fold three-minute movie review. And that was what we did on our holidays. Um, holidays are coming up soon. And uh, Peter Tate is also a filmmaker. Pete, um, Billy Conley, you a big fan of, of Billy Conley? A great fan of Billy. <laughs> Oh my goodness, Billy's back! He's back from the review. Yeah, hey, oh yeah, a few spoiler alerts in that little uh, piece that we we didn't quite um, cover up, but uh, yeah, Billy's back. Just yeah. All right, Bill Nye. Let's go. Carry on. Oh, he was telling me about he was in a film, still crazy, I think it was, with Billy Connolly. Billy Connolly plays the roadie in it, and um, he, he was saying how he couldn't play the guitar at all, but um, there was just a, a musical advisor who would stand just in front of him and say, top of the frets, top of the frets, top of the frets, middle of the frets, middle of the frets, top of the frets, top of the frets, bottom of the frets, bottom of the frets, middle of the frets, middle of the frets, middle of the frets, middle of the frets, top of the frets, top of the frets, top of the frets, top of the frets, middle of the frets. And so he'd sort of had to learn to be a, a muser that way. I wonder if he knew what song he was playing after all that, those directions. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a drummer, you get all that top of the fret stuff. Um, Pete, also, uh, any other movies? That, um, well, you've done Lord of the Rings movies. You've done Underworld as well. Did you actually meet any of the other other the, the big stars on that, in that movie, The Underworld? Kate? Um, didn't I didn't meet Kate. Only sort of Michael Sheen, who was a really sort of cool guy, and he was telling me about how because he's Welsh and how the Welsh learned to be able to speak, and how they used to climb to mountain tops and be able to speak to another person on another mountain top. And once you could do that, you'd be able to go and narrate and speak on stage. It's Shakespearean. <laughs> oh, yeah, Richard Burton uh, and um, Michael Sheen and um, Anthony Hopkins, all Welsh. Yeah, famous too in their own right. And um, Lord of the Rings, of course, do you get close to Peter Jackson? Um, uh, Peter Jackson's the kind of type you, uh, that um, when you get to meet, you don't get to know kind of thing. But Richard Taylor was a lovely guy. I really liked him. I would always go to him for advice. Well, we're 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 sitting in the presence of well, um, but somebody who's been in the, the presence of guy. Peter Jackson. Uh, what was your part on the Return of the King again, Pete? 
Hands off that shiny shirt. Hands off that shiny shirt. It sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, running up the tower. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's twin tower. tower. Dark tower. Explain the scene. What happened? Oh, I'm going to have to look for this uh, audio for that scene. What was the name of your character on there, Pete? Shag Ratu. I was called, but the crew used to call me Fuck Rodent. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not going to be able to forget that one in a hurry, will you? That name, will you? Um, Peter. Let's talk to you about. I remember last time I saw it was that Freedom of Golis where you had these uh, the crew uh, showing of your film, not set in stone. Um, can you just tell us a bit about the film and, and what it's about? Um, the film is about a group of actors who get together in a bar, and um, they're there to um, read the script. And then after a few sort of drinks, it starts to disintegrate a bit, and this turns into all these different kinds of arguments, and um, it doesn't turn out as well as the uh, director and producer might have anticipated, and they get kicked out. But um, it's just it kind of looks at you know, what it's like, the whole process of filmmaking, because I, I wanted to make a film that uh, I, I couldn't make on a bugger-all budget. And so it seemed like shoot it all in one spot but then it, it seemed to go okay so we did a, a few more um days afterwards about what the the film might have been like what's this inept filmmaker once everyone's here and then we'll just get everyone to introduce themselves how are you good this awesome. is good i've lost how are you johnny i'm good, good. Okay. and i've got a tab we've got a tab okay yeah g'day greg latte latte Alrighty. yeah i'll get the coffees okay awesome thanks see ya i, I wouldn't mind one yeah, I'll get two. And a coffee. <laughs> hey, hey, bumper! Real bumper. Mm. Well, it, could be, it could sound like it's anywhere on a Friday night in any, any pub, except for the reading um, on there. Um, most of these movies are, are crowdfunded now, um, but you've done it all by yourself, off the back of your own uh, hard work and a, and a great team of people. Um, yeah, I, I just managed to raise together about um, a couple of grand through um, crowdfunding. Through pledge me, but basically, um, sometimes you get too frustrated if your ideas don't reach fruition. So, yeah. I just thought I needed to get out and start making it. And I'm kind of fortunate enough, I know some people in the film industry who will sort of help out and you know have some expertise. And um, it's always good to sort of have actors who know, vaguely know what they're doing. You mean like the one next to me, Jared? Oh, yeah, no, I was, I was a last-minute roping for that. But, but it turned out that that was the ideal kind of person that you wanted for this type of... Uh, I, I, I've been hit and run. The policeman approaches the car. What's with the racket? The racket is because that bastard Tucker ran me over. I thought you two were mates. Mates. That prick's just tried to run me down. But, uh, Pete, you, what really you know, helped you along that film too, I noticed that you, you had some pretty... You've got some pretty good sway in the in the music industry, oh, movie world. Like I saw people like Peter LaHood there, and who else is there? There's a few other, few other. Grant, sorry, not Peter Grant LaHood. Well, and uh, well, they were on there. They were quite well known. Willie DeWitt. Willie, uh, yeah, Leisha, of Willie De Willie DeWitt. It was a real pleasure working with Willie. What's Willie up to? Um, I think Willie's being a postie at the moment, which sort of keeps him fit and stuff. But he's he's always an amusing character, and he's he's always good to have around because he's always good with a quip or so. Such a rewarding career after and, that. And who else? Someone on the on the production also won an Academy Award. Is that right? Um, yeah, the art director Grant Major won an Academy Award for um, Lord of the Rings or King Kong or one of those. Now, we, we we're waiting in high anticipation. What's happening with the the movie now? Is it in limbo, or are you planning to release it on a general scale? <laughs> um, it's a little bit in limbo, but I just wanted to get a, as good a quality um, um, video recording as I could. PCP, I think they are, and um, so I can play them in a cinema and it's just 
it's quite hard to get that impetus because uh, when you write and direct and uh, when you don't have a producer, it uh, makes things a little bit more yeah. tricky. And well, you've done well to get this far. And I, I loved it. It was a quirky little bugger of a movie. Oh, it's it's uh, well, not being biased or anything, but I I really enjoyed. It. I had some good laughs, even in the second viewing. It was it was really yeah. well done. Good, a uh, really really good effort. I'd love to see this movie actually go somewhere. I'm, I'm so tired of watching these big budget movies that just have no soul, if you like. This one's yeah, it's nice. It's a good good touch. Very good, um, Sebastian. You're a, a music promoter. Uh, what do you actually call yourself? Do you have a self a title? Yeah, so it's Music Is Dead, which is the name of the show and also of me as a as a promoter. Branding exercise, thanks to my wonderful graphic designer, who knows way more about this stuff than I ever will. Um, but she's been brilliant. brilliant. Music is dead. Music is dead. Does that come from the, the expression, man, you really killed that? Is, is that, and now music is dead, is that the next stage from killing it? It actually came from, I remember Gene Simmons when he proclaimed that rock was dead. Sorry, hold this. And I sort of almost fell off the chair thinking, seriously, Gene, what are you, what are you doing? The only thing that's dead is kiss. But then there was, um, there's this... Kiss of death. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's this pop punk band called We Are The In Crowd, and their lead singer, Tay Jardine, saw a post on Tumblr or something that said music is dead, and she got really upset about it. And I kind of really like that idea that music is dead, and that people have been writing articles since 1998 saying it's the death of music, and there's no honesty in music, and all music's rubbish, and you're kind of like, what are you talking about? Where do you get this from? You know, there's this whole kind of like thriving rock culture that is is it alive and probably doing better than it ever has been. Wow. Well, Kiss are a little bit dead in my books. Yeah, but their bank um, balances balances are not dead, eh? They're very much alive, eh? In fact, I heard that uh, those two guys, particularly Gene Simmons and who's who's the... Uh, Paul Stanley, was it? Paul Stanley. Stanley. It's Paul Stanley. Have made, of all rock musicians and pop stars, have made some of the biggest money from selling their little wee toys, you know, the paraphernalia and stuff. Yeah, you know, you made it when you got a dollar yourself, eh? Um, Devilskin are coming up. Have you heard of Devilskin lately, what they're doing? They've got a new tour coming up, uh, some of their Surrender tour. Are you a big fan of uh, Devilskin? I am. I love Devilskin. I interviewed Jenny when um, We Rise came out. Um, Devilskin, we caught up with uh, the band, Paul, uh, Jenny, Nick, and Nail as well, uh, just recently at Real Groovy Records, and we talked to them about their new summer tour, Surrender tour, which is happening uh, end of this month in December. Uh, after the interview, we'll be back again with Jared, myself, uh, Sebastian, and with Peter with more. Cherophobics, beware. We're going to start a revolution because I'm here with Devilskin on Will Reed from New Zealand Entertainment Podcast with Music Nation, and we're going to be interviewing these bad boys and girls right over here. Devilskin. Hi, guys. Hello. And Hello. Girls and girls, trying to say. Thank you. Hey, um. Hey, girls and he looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to do that now. Um, hey, listen, a big year for Devilskin this year, and since I interviewed you guys last, Paul and Jenny, um, the album's come out, uh, CD and DVD, live at Power Station. Uh, your album's gone gold as well, which is awesome. After two weeks' release in July, we rise. Great album too, by the way. Uh, Australia, you guys have put that to bed. The tour, uh, which you did over there, four dates, and uh, your start a revolution video uh, won an award as well from Demi Knockoff's uh, video. Uh, been a big year for you guys, and it's still a big year because you still have the, the Surrender Summer Tour. Um, now you guys got a whole lot of passionate fans, Devilskin fans. Uh, that's well, everybody knows that they're just a passionate army, really. Of uh, followers of you guys, um, Paul, can you just tell us what do you contribute the success 
of devil skin too. Um, it's, there's a lot of things. Well, I guess I mean we, we work pretty hard. I put it first and foremost down to the band's work ethic and the fact that um, we write songs that people find credible and, and can believe in. You know, and, and people enjoy our songs. So first and foremost, it's it's us being a band and and having something that people like to listen to. But um, Oh, there's there's just so many things that that will contribute to any any success that any band gets, and um, it's kind of a it's a big operation from a lot of people, you know, um, management and, and roadies, and every, you know, every one of every one of us is a, a cog in the wheel sort of thing. So yeah, yeah. There's, there's it's hard to pin any success down to one little thing. It's it's like a, it's a big movement now, and we're all sort of working really hard towards it. But I mean, the, the band's coming up for its fifth year now, so. You know, we'll we'll put on a bit of a hard slog, you know, and, and we've worked our asses off playing a shitty gigs to, to half a dozen yeah. people, and, and now it's payoff time, you know, we're getting good crowds and things are on the up, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, hopefully it won't be a shitty crowd here at the, the real Ruby place this afternoon. Uh, but you're going to be DJing before that, before you guys do that. Hey, listen, um, the Vodafone New Zealand Music Awards were on recently, so that means that you guys will be up on the red carpet next year. Next year's awards, is that correct? That's right. Yeah, no? No? Yeah, I mean, basically, uh, we were about two weeks. We was the cutoff for the... the 31st of June. Yeah, 31st of June. So we missed the cutoff by a couple of weeks when we released our album. So it means we missed it on this year, but we'll be eligible next year. So Okay. Yeah. So that means you guys will be able to dress up. Um, obviously, you'll, you'll be red on the red carpet with your goatees. <laughs> well, that's right, cool. yeah. We can dress up in black if we <laughs> we'll do something different for a change. I'm going to buy a new Waikato T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, speaking of that, Vodafone New Zealand Musical. So we, uh, this is one shot that, that caught our imaginations here. Uh, now, what we've got here, we've got a picture of Ella, wow, a.k.a. Cool. the Lord. Um, wow. and uh, awesome. This is probably not the Devil Skin Lord collab that we were dreaming or hoping to see. But it's, <laughs> kind, of, awesome. it's kind of one of the classic shots where Lord's giving a Devil Skin supporter a big hug. It's kind of cool. <laughs> well, that's, that's Ange who Ange, worked on our video. Yeah. On, no. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. She was a caterer. Yeah, yeah, she was awesome. <laughs> Which is cool. Uh, maybe in the future it would be quite nice to have a... Uh... There's, there's a selfie of her on... She's already put on the net of her and Lord, a real good one, and she's proudly devilled up. She's already got it It's on. funny, I've got a, I've got a mate who's, um, who made it to the finals of the MKR program on TV, you yep. know, the cooking show, and he had a devil skin shirt he was wearing in, in one scene, and they made him take it off because with his apron on, all you could see was evil. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, and the, the show's promoter went, you can't wear that. <laughs> How cool would that have been? Yeah. On MKR, Devil's Can Gets Around, VNZ, you know, Vote of Home Music Music Award. And she doesn't look like she's suffering from cherophobia there too, Jen. Um, she actually looks quite happy by that, getting Lord in the flesh. So does Lord. So does Lord. Lord. the back of her head. <laughs> now, quite possibly, it'd be quite nice to have a bit of uh, um, Devil's Can guitar treatment on one of Lord's songs, maybe Royals or something like that. would be quite a cool in the future. Anyway, let's throw the tablet away. Back into it again. Now, the tour is coming up because you guys are releasing a new CD and, and DVD live at the Power Station. So you're doing a, a summer tour. Um, Nick, you're the youngest person in the group. Let's, let's get something about you. Um, we noticed that you guys have given Auckland a wide berth for this tour and made us commute to Mungify Tavern, which is not a bad thing. That's kind of cool. Um, is this going to be a, a, a tour that's going to be used for maybe doing showcasing some new new songs, or is there anything you can tell us about the tour uh, that's coming up that we can look forward to? Um, for this tour, probably not, because um, to be honest, we've taken a nice, well-deserved break after the We Rise tour, and we've just been putting our feet up and putting ourselves on the back. Um, so this tour will just be about wrapping up the year, a bit of a celebration for us, just a quick seven dates, is it? 
Yes, he will be going from 05 right down to Christchurch and then between yep. Mount Monganui, Taranaki as well. Yep. And Lower Hutt. There could be some more dates added to that, yes. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. I think there's a few surprises that we'll be uh, adding to the to the show, so Sorry, it won't be um, the same show that you see on the DVD. It'll, it'll be a different show. There's a few little surprises we've got in store, so just when you thought you'd seen it all. Oh, I know. That Power Station gig is still <laughs> fresh in my mind. It was a fantastic gig too, which now you can relive at home on the, the DVD and CD as well. Um, Nick, you're also uh, an exclusive class of your own with Lord because you're both 18 years old now. Yes. Which is kind of cool. Uh, so maybe next year, uh, is there, if you had to do cover one Lord song, uh, Devil Skin song, which one would you like to do? A Lord song? Yeah. Uh, bravado. Bravado. It's, it's not a, it wasn't a big single, but I'm actually quite a big fan of Lord. Um, personally, I think all these guys are giving me secret looks now. But yeah, no, Bravado is the um, first track on her first EP. Good. Um, yeah, I'd love to do it. No. Hey, listen, guys, before you guys go, I want to talk about just quickly uh, with Jenny, if we can, just uh, future plans that are coming up after the summer tour. Uh, I know it's, it's hard for a band to try and keep fresh and ahead of themselves, you know, to, you know, for the fans and, that, and also musically as well, so you don't get stale. Um, what plans have you guys got coming out, future plans for Devil Skin after uh, the summer, a surrender summer tour? Well, we are opening for Slash. Slash is coming over, obviously, and everyone knows who Slash is. Um, Slash and Miles, and Ken- Miles Kennedy, so yep. um, that's Hamilton, Portland's Vent Centre, and then we go and support them in Wellington. Um, at the ASB Arena. Yeah. Uh, we also have Homegrown. Um, oh, yes, yep. I saw that. Yes, so another year of Homegrown. Awesome. It's quite exciting. Um, looking at uh, releasing another album next year. Yes. Um, yeah, international oh, travel really? as well. It's definitely yeah, on the cards. Yeah. yeah. Um, getting back to Aussie as well because, um, you know, Melbourne was, was quite interested in us, should I say. <laughs> um, yeah, it went off. So, hey, um, getting back to Melbourne, um, I guess just getting over there and doing our thing. Yeah. and The rest of the world. The re- yeah, the rest of the world. World domination. Yeah. Just, just on that note, just on the Australian tour, uh, how, how were the cousins across the ditch? Oh, well? awesome. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Good, good crowds, well, well supported, well received. Yeah. And Brizzy was quite funny because the show we did in Brizzy, the you know the Kiwis that were there were mainly from the Waikato, so it was just oh, like, okay, oh yeah, I know you and I know you and I know you. Security, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. I can imagine that. That's where you go if you want to be you know, forgotten. Go under the radar. Go to Brisbane as well. Okay, then. Hey, listen. Uh, the DVD CD is out. Um, Devil Skin live at the Power Station. You guys got your summer tour coming up. The Surrender tour as well. Um, I think the next progressive step, maybe. And I'm thinking out loud here. I don't know what if you guys agree but Anvil were just over here recently uh, you know we had a talk with Old Lips and that at the King's Arms and saw them play there uh, Metallica have done a documentary as well Anvil have done a documentary I mean everyone's doing it is there any chance Paul, Martin that there could be a Devilskin film documentary oh coming dear up? God um, I'd like to call it a mockumentary a mockumentary um, but yeah anything's we're possible we're, we're, um, there's there's actually there's actually a whole lot of footage that, that we wanted to put on the live DVD and behind the scenes stuff oh, and okay. goofing around and that, that we that we didn't because yep. the live album was basically we just wanted that to be the performance you know so um, yeah we got a lot of footage and we'd love to do um, an, another DVD with some hard case stuff in it and just a bit of fun and goofing around see the lighter side of us you know 
and I mean we've got four, five, four or five videos now. So yes, you know, um, hopefully this year we'll, we'll get to do a couple more, and then we'll be able to put them all, package them all together, and put out a documentary with our videos on it. And we'll hold you to that too. Maybe well, a, a gardening special at the end, and a little cooking show on it. Yeah, yeah, a little cooking at the end. NKR. Cooking with you. Plus a little yeah. but you can start it off at the red carpet at the next year's Vodafone New Zealand Music Awards. Yeah, well, I don't want to count any chickens before you know I've managed to cook, okay. cook them. But um, <laughs> you first, yeah, we've got to get nominated first. Yeah, we've got to get nominated first. So yeah, that's a long way away, but yeah. we'd okay. love to be a part of it. But we're just taking everything one step at a time. Well, and um, at the moment for us, I mean, this this tour is the big focus, and, and the big shows with Slash and Homegrown, and then yeah. um, we really want to get overseas, over to Europe and the States. Okay, then we're going to cut off year. there because I know Jack is giving us finger signals, and they're, they're positive ones, not negative ones. Um, hey, listen, Devilskin, great talking to you guys. Check out Thanks, the well. Devilskin.co.nz website for the. Surrender Summer Tour dates and the music videos and this is Walt Reed and Devil Skin and we're going out like this. See ya. That's how we roll. Okay, we're back, and we're back on track again. Myself, Jared, uh, and Peter Tate, guests Peter Tate and Sebastian Mackay. Jared, uh, Mr. Turner, the movie coming up. You, you went to go on to the review? Yeah, ready to go to the review, eh? Yeah. But very good film. Very good film. Of course, about the famous painter. Painter of boats and ships and any vessels. And Not about turners and growers. Not turners and growers, no. No, no. He was growing, growing paintings. But, and he's referred to as the very illustrious Mr. Turner. So he was quite, he had a lot of coin. He wasn't like one of these poor, struggling, oh, you know, Vincent van Gogh sort of struggling artists. He, he, he was painting directly for the Queen, who apparently hated him. So, yep. yeah, but very funny film. Not, not, a, not a sort of laugh. Was, yeah. There's another film like that, Girl with a Pearl Earring. That was about Vermeer. Yeah, yeah. Um, this one's about Mr. Turner. Mr. Who will be next? Yeah. About, run about Ralph Hortere? Yeah, if you're into, into that kind of um, English film, only the English can make them. I've only ever seen the English make Very, very good. Anyway. Peter Tate, uh, filmmaker, actor, director, writer, um, painters. To you, have you met any painters in your lifetime that you can think of, any well-known ones? Um, my favourite was he used to live just around the road from here and his name was Phil Claremont. He was a wonderful chap and uh, I got to know him and used to watch him paint and um, it was a wonderful experience. Wow, really? He was, he was quite edgy back in the 60s and that, wasn't he? Yeah, he was certainly a character. One time we, uh, I was around there and it was 10 years since Jimi Hendrix had died and he had to listen to a Jimi Hendrix sort of track before midnight. So we were going around to sort of people's places and knocking on their door and he had to sort of listen to them before because he couldn't find any of his own records. So he had to listen to a Hendrix track before midnight, otherwise he'd turn into a pumpkin, I think. <laughs> was it like every night for a, for a season he was doing this, was he, or...? No, this was just one night because Jimi Hendrix had died 10 years earlier, so he had, had to sort of listen to a sort of uh, Jimi Hendrix track before midnight. He's a classic. Phil Claremont, he's, he's one of New Zealand's most well-known painters of yeah, that time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And Jimi Hendrix as well. Um, Sebastian Mackay, um, he's a promoter extraordinaire, your favourite painter, and um, maybe you can tell us a, bit of a reason why. Oh, painter? You almost had a like that, Walt. 
or artists, artistes? Artistes, um, I mean, what do you define as art? That's probably Mate, the sky's the limit for you, Seb. Getting into existential questions, I guess, but I think Oscar Wilde um, would, be, would be the best for me. Wow, he was, was he Irish? Yeah, he was Irish. Yeah, he was Irish. Yeah, Oscar Wilde was. Yeah, see, okay. so, artist with words, wasn't he, Oscar Wilde? He was, very poetic. Uh, yeah. Little yeah. Tainted Blue. From a band, uh, poem of his called The Ballad of Reading Jail. Oh, mate. We're, we're what was the Secret Garden? I love that story I have. The Secret Garden, yeah, exactly. Well, we, uh, Mr. Turner is out in cinemas uh, in a couple of weeks' time. It's got stars Timothy Spall, uh, who you might recognise from, a rafe of stuff. Uh, but right now, uh, Jared, you know what time it is? Oh, it's time for Hold em or Fold. We are going where no podcast has gone before. We've got uh, Hold or Fold, the reviewers for movie review for Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day from Disney. Coming up next. Mmm, here it comes. Wal and Jared back again for the Hold or Fold three-minute movie review. Uh, we're honest as the days are long for this one. I'm going to set the timing out. Jared's going to announce the movie review we're going to be looking at. Three minutes starting from now. Okay, the movie we're talking about today is the Disney sensation Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. The smacks of Disney all over it. Steve Carell's in it, Jennifer Garner, Mrs. Ben Affleck. What's your verdict? Oh, does it? What? Um, this movie is family Disney right through from the beginning to the end. Um, without the frozen bits. Yeah, without the frozen bits and without the CGI. Yes, Disney have done a bold step and they've made a real life movie. So you can actually see Steve Carell not just hear his wonderful voice and humour in this film. AKA grew. Despicable me. Um, no. My, is it my pu- thoughts on the film? My, well, this is a film about, uh, it's about family, really. And, and as we know. It's, Farno. It's all about Farno. Farno, family. As we all know, we have good days and bad days. And this is about a kid who has a rotten, horrible day and his family are on his back. So what does he do in the middle of the night? He makes a wish. Over a birthday cake, blowing out the candle. Over a birthday cake, which is actually a cupcake, and he makes a wish. And Hang on, so he's usually a loser, so he's he has bad days, it's quite normal for him, and then? Well, he's a loser, and everyone thinks, well, you just need to snap out of it, so he wishes the same thing on them, and that's his birthday wish. He wakes up in the morning, and of course, boom, the day turns to custard for everyone except him. Starts off funny, but then it just gets worse, because he realises when he's having a bad day, or they're having a bad day, he has a bad day. Now, being smacking of Disney and all things Disney, this sounds shades of Peter Pan to this. <laughs> Peter Pan, yes, of course, there is a Peter Pan theme going through there. Wendy, of course, has a, has a similar dream. She wishes for something exciting in her life, and Peter Pan turns up. Well, he wishes for something miserable, and the bad day turns up. So, very similar. And, of course, there is a Peter Pan theme actually physically in the movie. If I ask you to fold it or hold it, um, some of the funny parts in the movie for you? Were some of the scenes with Alexander? Oh, I, I love watching uh, kids going through misery, not not in a in a in a, in a horrible way, morbid way, in a morbid way, in a terrible way, in a sadist way. But you are an animal lover, with no denying that. It is funny watching this. Everything just goes wrong for him. That's kind of funny. So if you have that kind of sinister sense of humour, you'll like this movie. And then, of course, Steve Carell, the king of corruption, in terms of <laughs> when I say corruption, I mean corrupting a perfectly good day. Things go. And that that pirate shit, man. How was that? <laughs> the pirate shit. There are some funny moments. There are some funny moments in the in the Japanese restaurant, as as we've all had funny moments in Japanese restaurants. We have just recently too, and the driving instructor scenes as well. So there's a whole lot of good slapstick stuff on here for that Disney are putting out on this movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Disney are pretty faithful to you know. If you want a good time, go and see a Disney movie. 
they 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 do put effort in, into story, which I do like about Disney. Of course, it's the Disney formula, so you'll know that. If Syrupy as golden syrup. Um, hold or fold the verdict time now. Let's bring it home. Um, I think if you're a kid, if you're anything twelve and under, you're going to love this, but you have to be more than four, I think, to get it. If you're a parent, you, you'll sit through this nice and easily. If you if you've got a date and you're in your twenties, thirties, probably not the movie for you. Um, but I definitely will have to say I hold this one. Uh, I, I give it if I'm a kid, I'll give it a four. If I'm a, if I'm me, I'll give it a a three. A pubescent version of Dinner for Schmucks. Go see it. It's a hold uh, from me and from Jared, and we're out like that. Make it sound good. Oh yeah, Beatnik sounds really Beatnik. Okay, here we go. Bringing it back with Beatniks. He's a Beatnik. He's a rebel. He's a guru. He's, He's a, a Beatnik. 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 Welcome back. The energy levels have just gone to a, whole, a new high. All new high here. We're getting to some Beatnik magic here with Peter Tate, and Sebastian McCoy, myself, and Jared on New Zealand Entertainment Podcast. There's a whole lot of connections here uh, with, between the four of us of different artists and music. Well, absolutely, yeah. We're all artists. Eh? Like, in our own right. Like Sebastian quite correctly said, from the man who defecates or sprays on someone's wall and ruins their personal bit of architecture to to uh, Vincent van Gogh or who cuts off his ear. In a, in a, a state of array. Who, I was just thinking about that guy who throws paint around the room, that Max, um, Max, the guy who's in America, the Kiwi artist. Oh, Max Headroom. Gimlet? Uh, Gimlet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that escapes me, mate. If only he had a memory of a painter. Yeah, then, oh, then oh, we'd be speaking talking. of, um, yeah, yeah, Turner, he used to spit and throw paint at his paintings too, yeah. Did he? Yeah, oh, Turner. Well, a few big hoiks in the movie, yeah. So Those Edwardians, eh? Crazy Bastidos. Won't read in the critics, eh? Yeah. Um, Sebastian, music. Uh, tell us what's on your plate coming up soon. You're quite busy promoting a few bands that are coming out for big gigs that you're, you're holding. Yeah, we're doing the Music is, uh, music is Dead gig in January, which is cool. It's, so it's basically a launch party over two nights, January 15 and 17. Hold the poster up, Jared. Thank you. Yeah, which helps. I've been running those bands from my mind for months, but it still gets a bit blurry. But it's cool because we talk to, I talk to Kids Can, and they're on board, so $4 from every ticket goes to them. So you should buy a ticket and help feed hungry children. Um, so Thursday, we've got Echo Park, which is the 15th. Love those guys. Braves are cool. They're a pop-punk band. Not a whole lot of people know them. They've done really well in Australia. Um, Silence the City, who are pretty familiar faces. Thin White Lines, and then on Saturday, Fire at Will, who everyone knows and loves. Um, Stitches the same, Static Era and Deadbeat Boys. Well, I recognise some of those names, especially Echo Park, because we had uh, Nick, Nick and Joe on the show a few times. Thank you, Jared. Just putting that in my face. That's awesome. Fire at Will and uh, Stitches, who I'm really keen to, to check out. They're getting quite popular as well, being on the last tour with Villini just recently. Stitches are cool. They opened for um, these four walls in Silence of the City a couple of weeks back. And they did a really great show. They're really talented guys. It's a really good solid lineup. Yeah, I'm loving this poster too. It's kind of memorable. It's quite simplistic and easy to remember. Eh? The big kind of scary monster. It's quite artistic. Yeah, it's very artistic. Hey, Sebastian's a bit of an artist himself, I would say. There, did you get do this yourself, or you get someone to do it for you? No, that was uh, Emma Cameron from Ashai. She runs Inside Design, and she did, did it all. I came to her with some ideas, and she kind of climbed inside my head and took out everything I wanted. Really? So it was cool. Yeah. Yeah, There's artists everywhere today. Today's show. Hey, listen, a band called The Dead Daisies is fronted by uh, In Excess. Well, he, he was back in the 80s, wasn't he? John Stevens, Montego Bay? Oh, back in the 70s, I'd say Montego Bay. I was in a young fella. Peter, do you remember Montego Bay? Jezebel? Montego Bay. 
She would me and screw me. Jezebel. Oh, is that Jezebel? Jezebel, yeah, yeah. 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 Montego Bay. Oh. Back in the day when Ready to Roll played, the, the music videos only had one shot. That was a static. Um, but nowadays, it's the sky's the limit. Most of them look like film trailers these days. But John Stevens is fronting a new band called The Dead Daisies. He's looking as good and better shape that he's ever been. Uh, one-time frontman for the NXS, another big, huge band. Yeah, it's probably his moment of glory, eh, NXS? Noiseworks. I think I saw them in 89 with Bon Jovi. Noiseworks as well. Yeah, and who's um, The Dead Daisies? They've got a bit of... Oh, well, they got a legendary guitarist. Yeah, they have got uh, Thin Lizzy and Guns N' Roses connections. Um, a couple of the guys who's playing Thin Lizzy, they still do. They're still going without Phil Lynott, of course. And also Guns N' Roses as well. Dizzy Reed, the, the keyboardist and the guitarist, Richard Fortas. Yeah, Thin Lizzy, there's another Irish band, isn't it? You like Thin Lizzy, Pete? As I was going over Kilgary Mountain, I met Sergeant Farrell and his money he was counting. I out a pistol. And then produced my rapier. What a great song that was, wasn't it? Whiskey in a jar. Classic lits. Um, now, Guns N' Roses, Sebastian, for you, you have to be growing up. Um, appetite for Destruction. You would have been still two years old, probably. Probably. Um, it was funny, actually. I kind of rejected all of that old music when I grew up. I, I turned on the teenage angst, and that was it. Everything from Metallica to Black Sabbath. I just refused to listen to it. I grew up on, obviously, Nirvana, because everyone did, but bands like Seether um, but from 99 onwards. Slipknot, all those kinds of guys. Oh, the modern era of oh. metal rock. Sebastian, I have to ask, because you've said that when you turn your back on all the popular music, what, what was the most popular type kids band that you would have been subjected to, like as a 10-year-old even, that you, you, and you hadn't found your own roots in yeah. music yet? What, were you around during, during what are those? Post, like, post Teletubbies. Post boy sort of bands like? Post Backstreet. Yeah. yeah. Backstreet. Were you into that? Well, like the Wiggles? Yeah, the Wiggles were probably up there. Um, I have fond memories of listening to the Feelers. They were, oh. yeah, they were around the nineties, eh? Hey? The Feelers, yeah, the Feelers, nineties, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they're kind of alternative in the in the day, you know. Yeah, they're still going a little bit. James yeah. Reed, Canadians used to love them, eh? Didn't they? When oh, they everybody were, did. Yeah. You know, Macedonia. They were, they were bigger in Canada than they were ever here. I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, we took we had a chance to talk to John Stevens just recently. He was in his hotel room, so we we sort of barged in, accompanied by the. Uh, some security, and uh, we had to talk to Dizzy Reed from Guns N' Roses as well, <laughs> and Marco Mendoza from Thin Lizzy. Yeah, a quick interview eh, before the security got there. We flashed our uh, FPOS cards and got through, so that was pretty good. Um, so that interview is coming up next, and after that we'll be talking back to Pete and Sebastian for the last part of the show. Keep it tuned here. You got any music, any Thin Lizzy music you can play on, the, on your keyboard? Maybe Pete can join in and we can do uh, Whiskey in a Jar. Um. Hey to my daddy Okay. Not for my daddy is whiskey in the jar. Indeed, we're getting very rock and roll here. We've got John Stevens and the boys, uh, Marco and Dizzy, from the band The Dead Daisies. Welcome, guys. What's happening? How are you? Hey, kia ora, kia ora guys. 
Um, we, uh, well, dear daisies, no, you know, somebody told me who you guys were. I, I said, I better have a look at these guys, see who they are. And lo and behold, I figured out you guys are, are just one big super group. Uh, Dizzy Reed, keyboardist and longest standing member uh, of GNR with Axel Rose. Marco, who's also uh, got uh, touch points with uh, Thin Lizzy, White Snake, a myriad of other bands. And of course, our own John Stevens as well. Upper Hut Boy done good. Um, first burst onto our TV screen in 1980 with Jesus. Montego Bay because I can remember because I remember those pastel green pants we were wearing live back then man that was like <laughs> you know we were at, did a TV interview yesterday and yeah. I, they had the picture up and I looked looking at them that's me I said that's from Montego Bay film I'm like oh my god I know it's <laughs> still going viral too to this uh, very day awesome, um, start somewhere yeah you do and let's talk to you uh, John first because um, I suppose being the front person being the Kiwi on uh, fronting the band as well you've done a colourful history of course we touched on uh, your musical history in the 80s as well and then also with Noiseworks and you fronted a, you know, one of the biggest bands in rock history as well with Excess as well. Not many people can say they, they play with Excess. Um, when you come back home and just playing John Stevens back in Upper Heart or wherever you are here in New Zealand, <laughs> does it ever feel to you like uh, that you've actually, you know, does it, do you get a feeling that you've made it? No, never. No way. You can never, I think as a songwriter, as a musician, you're always sort of looking to write that song, you know, some, it's always a challenge. And that's it's exciting. Getting on stage every night is like it's kind of like it's a leap of faith. Yeah, it's a big leap of faith, and 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 you know, and it's that's exciting. I think that's kind of like the adrenaline of that kind of keeps you going. I think you know, I've always felt that um, you know when I'm like 80 years old, sitting on a stool, strumming guitar, singing, that's what I've always pictured, pictured myself. Yeah, you know, and that's that's what I, when I, that's when I'll grow up. I think you know. Yeah, I saw uh, Muddy Waters um, and Wee Willie Dixon play uh, in 1981 um, at the Roxy in Los Angeles, actually. Yeah. And honestly, they were amazing. It's just, and I just just fell in love with them and just said, I want to be you guys when I grow up, and that's what I've always envisaged. Ah. And how did you manage to rope in these two fellas here into the into the group? Can you just tell us a story behind that? Uh, but Dead Daisy started with me and uh, rhythm guitarist David Lowy writing songs and. We wrote a bunch of songs when it came to putting a band together. Um, we called a friend of mine, Charlie Drayton, uh, drummer. He used to play with the Divinals and expensive winos and whatnot. And um, he called Richard Fortas, who was in town with GNR. Dizzy and I had met like you know 12 years prior on a in excess. He came to see us play with an excess, and we okay. popped up there. So you know there was history within the you know the Musos network and. And the band was put together, and I suppose we can hand it over to you, Dizzy. <laughs> yes, um, Richard uh, started telling me that he was doing this gig, and he told me uh, Marco was doing it, and John, and Charlie Drayton, and I said, um, "Where do I sign up?" Really, is it, that is as simple as that. But yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, you know, I jam with Marco once or twice yeah. somewhere down the road, and we always had had a blast, and like, you know, John it was. I watched John like walk on people's dinner plates at it. <laughs> that was amazing. They went at the Canyon Club. The Canyon Club. Is it? Okay, for some for some reason up. in excess plan, they they didn't move the tables where they usually clear the floor. And then you know it goes from like a dinner theater into like you know you're watching a show. But they're still yeah. sitting there their dinner, and he just started walking on everyone's yeah, on the tables. I'm like, that guy's awesome. <laughs> I want to play with that guy. <laughs> now your, your your first single was Lock and Load, which uh, was co-written by Slash as well from GNR, and also I think he played guitar on there as well. How how hard was it to get him to to play on the on the track? And um, you know, co-write the the song. Uh, 
uh, Slash and I had known each other for many years, and um, we'd written a bunch of songs together, and Lock and Load was one of them. Uh, it was one of those songs where, you know, I've had it for a few years, and I just never found a home for it. You know, I have a, a ton of songs that, are, you know, don't particularly fit the certain thing, you know. Um, so uh, when we did the, the record, it was just a case of, well, listen, guys, I got the song Slash and I wrote ages ago, and what do you think? So we played it, and... Recorded and I called Slash and basically said, you know, I'm doing the Dead Daisies, the new thing, and want to do uh, Lock and Load. Uh, if you don't, you know, like the, the music, then I won't do it. But if you dig it, I'll do it. So great. And um, and he, you know, as he said to me, he said, "Man, I can't hear anybody else playing those riffs. It's my riffs." Yeah. So well, you better bloody play on it then. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, great he's awesome. awesome you know, it was, it was great that he you know gave his time. Yeah. Know, to do that, so it's really cool. Yeah, it's a really good, cool track. Um, and your voice is sounding just as good as it was back in, in you know, 35 years ago. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing. You, you guys, you've got a really great sound there, sort of blues, hard rock sound. I was just asking another thing you, you notice with bands is the, the condition that they're in as well, physically as well as mentally. Mm. Um, we just had the Rolling Stones here before, they're still going for it. Like, uh, you know, yeah, no, amazing, eh? Going, it's giving, incredible. Yeah. I was just wondering, you know, with you as well, you guys have to keep in peak performance. Um, I know, John, a couple of years ago, you, you had a couple of stents put in. Do you, I double heart yeah, bypass double, surgery. Double heart bypass. Yeah, five years ago, yeah. Does it, um, do you view sort of life now more, are you a bit more weary or a bit precious? The dead daisies, yeah. we're all dead daisies. I mean, yeah. that's really where really the name derived from. Ah. My, my, you know, uh, near-death experience. And I guess uh, that was the name that sort of resonated most with me and, just seem to fit so but yeah i mean of course anything like that changes your perspective you know you, you become a lot more appreciative of life and people in it and um you know you just realize you know you're here for a short time not a long time so exactly. cram as much as you can in Very without good. hurting anybody <laughs> um marco can i just yes. ask you please uh, yes, so you're playing bass a yes, guitarist sir. and yep. you've, you've you've had a few career highlights along the way with uh, a, lot, a lot of different um, famous bands um, with the Dead Daisies, you guys are here on tour. Um, first time in New Zealand for you? No, this is uh, this will be like number three, I think, if, I, if memory serves me right. So you played in other bands? <clears throat> yeah, I, I think I came here with Lynch Mob, George. Oh, and, okay. And then we were here uh, a few years ago, the first time with, with John and, and the boys. Um, opening up for Aerosmith. So this is number three. I oh, think. great. Can you give us a, b- a bit of a highlight on so far for the tour for you in uh, Hamilton or in Auckland? Oh, so it's, far? It's, it's obviously, I mean, it's it's a music-based, uh, uh, you know, fan base. I mean, they really dig rock and roll and music, and, and last night was evident. I mean, uh, um, we did a few covers, but it's all new music, and a lot of the folks are singing along with the lyrics, so... It's nothing more rewarding than to get up on stage and watch a few folks, you know. We were going bananas, man. I mean, they were, when we first got out there, I think we were all talking about it uh, backstage after the show. It was like a little tentative. Something about a venue when you have seating, you know, people are sitting down and it's like uh, the energy's a little subdued, you know, but they were jumping, man. And we got a really? standing ovation, absolutely. Yeah. So we That's got cool. off the stage going. Yes, so <clears throat> great, great fans, you know, and obviously you guys love music here, and uh, and you appreciate it, yeah, which is cool, you know. Very, very You've got another two dates to go, Dunedin, uh, Christchurch yeah. tomorrow night in Dunedin as well, mm-hmm. uh, which is going to be crazy, and then you're supporting Jimmy Barnes on his thirty thirty tour. Yeah. Um, what's the future for Dead Daisies now? And that'll be the manager. Um, that'll be cool. <laughs> That's the future right there. <laughs> 
from L.A. I don't know if they should make up the bed. <laughs> the future is wide open, man. I think uh, as long as rock and roll will have us, yeah. and as long as we can keep doing this, I just, you know, we say this all the time, man. It's We've been really blessed and really lucky to be able to do this for a living yeah. for so long. And and I just want to I just want to keep doing it as long as I can. We we all do, yeah. And um, and and, and it doesn't suck doing it with these guys. So yeah, hopefully we, like can, we can make fun. more records, make more songs, yeah. and play more shows. And and if all the crowds are as good as the one we had last night, and um and and one that we had in Hamilton, then then uh, I got no, I got no issues doing this for a long time, man. Definitely. Um, and John, uh, you're not going to be taken off to sing for Thin Lizzy or um, any other bands in the future. <laughs> Dead Daisies is pretty much your yeah where you I are mean, at the moment. Yeah, you know, I've always sort of done my own thing, and you know, been working. In Excess was you know something where I was sort of bound by other people's music, I suppose. Um, we did try to write some stuff together, but it, it just didn't kind of work out. The, the energy wasn't there for that, you know. And, um, so, you know, for me, I spent three and a half years with them and, you know, I kind of got tired of it and just went, ah, I've got so many songs and ideas and things I want to do. So, you know, the Dead Daisies, you know, having this vehicle and this, these guys are awesome to work with and everyone's open and creative and willing to do stuff, you know, yeah. and, and that's really exciting, you know, because, you know, I, I love working in a band environment. I love working with other people. The sum of the parts is always greater than the individual, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, the Dead Daisies has a, an incredible chemistry that I certainly, you know, would like to keep yeah, going for sure. And we all, we all feel yeah. the same way about that, you know. And I guess the EP, Face I Love, is the first sort of collective, um, creative spark of, you know, the, the Dead Daisies. And long may it rain as well, you guys. Uh, great to meet you, John Stevens and the Dead Daisies. We've got uh, Dizzy Reed and we've got uh, Mark and Daisy as well. Um, and we are here for Music Nation. Okay, guys, uh, that's it. Let's take us out. Get you guys later. Thanks a lot. Okay, welcome back again. Uh, I'm just going to I'm going to talk really low because the guys are just talking. But we're back from the dead uh, dead daisies. I was going to say something else, but we're back again. Um, Jared, myself, yeah, we're having a good old Pete. yarn about the film that Peter made, yes. talking about being up the backside of a whale. Yes, which is not the first time you've been in that predicament. I remember. Oh, no, 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 no. That was the time. Oh, that, we, yeah, I don't. It's creepy I, Santa. I don't do that. Yeah, I was in Santa's finger. <laughs> the work calls one, so you've been not up, Santa's up Santa's. Um, yeah, there. but I was in the bottom of a whale, well, a mocked-up whale. Peter, how did that go? What scene was this with Jared going up a, a whale's anus? Well, I, th- I thought Jared would be very good um, up a whale's ass, and so uh, Grant Major, who's the art director, mocked up um, black polythene with a whole lot of um, bubbles inside, sprayed in blood. And uh, we made it look like a, a whale's ass that uh, Jared was crawling up inside, and he, he crawled up a whale's ass very well. Sounds like it's an important part of the movie, too. I want to know how he ended up inside Santa. Yeah. <laughs> Creepy Santa's beckoning yeah, finger. How did you end up in Santa's finger? Well, you never know where it's been. It's usually the other way around, isn't it, Santa? Uh, yeah, but 
Let's change the subject here from uh, mammals and their. Is this a fetish of yours? Getting into carnival, carnival floats. But there was a there's a lovely scene in that movie too, where with the beautiful young coppers. Oh yes, yes, yeah, they were they were um, hanging around your car that you crawling over my late Daewoo car, which is now no longer with us. Yeah, Yeah. that was a fun scene. Yeah, what? Have yourself a hot bar. <laughs> and the cop walks off and Walker scowls. Yeah. Fond memories, Pete, some of these uh, scenes from the movie uh, you did? Yeah, I, I thought I'd sort of have a cop scene and so I thought I might as well make it a dance sequence out of it. So it was a couple of ladies. One was from Matamira Dance Company and um, another lady I'd worked with when I'd done a bit of a, a show, a combined sort of theatre dance thing. And they were just uh, wonderful ladies, and they said, sure. They dressed up in police um, shirts and danced over a car and uh, got Jared excited. <laughs> I think we were all excited watching throwing, that. Pic. Throwing paper and scripts at me was, uh, was quite good, yeah. And how many Osh rules did you guys break, manage to break in that time? Um, quite a few. Osh doesn't really stipulate about whales' asses, so it's, you know, they might now. Yeah, well, breaking the law with those police. Willie DeWitt nearly run me over on the beach there. Eh? He got within probably a foot. I told him to, mind you. So I don't know if that uh, encroaches on Watch the whale's ass, Willie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and with the chainsaw, actually, I think Willie broke that chainsaw. Eh? Cost him a pretty penny as well. Well, we actually got some audio from the from the movie. Now we're going to have a listen to um, this. I think this is a scene where your your bottom feeding scene. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, let's have a look at it. Let's have a look at it, let's have a listen to it. That's good, that's good. The beach is deserted except for the solitary figure of Walker, who is approaching the rear end of the beach sperm whale. Opening up the back flaps, Walker wriggles his way inside. Hey? Just um, read on if you don't mind. Well, actually I do mind. Uh... The whale's dead though, the character's after the ambergris. If it's dead, you just... If you say you got to go in there, well... At least you could say a karakia. Well, what do you think would be appropriate? It's not appropriate to go anywhere near a whale's ass. <laughs> Just make that clear. But if he did, he might say something like, um, Ah, pite hono, tai hono, te hunga mate, ki te hunga mate. Ah, pite hono. Tatai Hono. Oh, what'll it do? What'll it do? Yeah. Nothing. It's a story talk. He was so revved up, he just threw the chainsaw and it went wow through the end. Everyone around, the sound guys, camera, or jumped, dashed for their lives, and the chainsaw went boom and plowed into the ground. But it was the last stroke for that, um, for that chainsaw. What was this symbolic for, anyway, Pete? Was this just like a Santa-style stroke? Or? <laughs> Santa had nothing to do with the whale's bottom, and, and no whales were harmed, by the way. Nor, nor any creepy nor, Santas. Nor Maoris in this film in the whale's It's all to the imagination. Your efforts calling up the whale's bottom was not in vain, Jared. Well, I hope not. I, I, I generally not. You know, I hope people go and see this film because it's, it's a good watch. It's funny. It's funny and it's informative. And we all go away knowing what ambergris is. Very good. Hey, listen, I think that's, uh, we're coming to drawing to the end of the show now. Uh, thank you to our guests today, Sebastian Mackay and Peter Tate as well. Jared, is you? Yeah, yeah, it was good to have you guys along. Um, anything we should find out about, you know, if you, promotions of the film or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, Pete, or, what have you got? Um, 
website. You got anything for your your movie that you're putting out? Um, hopefully, not set in stone. Will be out uh, before too long. And it, obviously, there'll be a red carpet event at Frida Magolis. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. We'll have to wait. And see. <laughs> no, just putting you on the spot. There. Yeah, no, that's all right. Don't commit to anything. We yeah. say. Uh, that sounds good. Uh, not set in stone. Peter Tate's uh, a film, a feature film that's coming up with our own Jared Titor as well. So music is dead. Music is dead. And on that note, I think we should we spark up the old Rachel the Casio tone, the red Casio tone. All right, guys, what, let's have a bit of a sing song to get to end this episode out. Um, another Thin Lizzy song. Boys are back in town. I think that's Thin Lizzy right there, isn't it? Oh yeah. Thin Lizzy oh, yeah. bossing over. I feel it. I feel it. Oh, oh yeah. Is dead. Music is dead. Music is dead. Oh, yeah. Music is dead. This is New Zealand Entertainment Podcast, and you've just been listening to the sweet, sweet sounds of Peter, Seb, Jared, and Wall. Until the next time, uh, keep your ears on the podcast. Hasta la vista. Mm-hmm.